I'm Matt Prater. Today we're speaking with David Leslie from Soul Focus Ministries. David does a whole bunch of evangelistic work in Africa, working alongside the likes of uh, Reinhard Bonnke. He's got an incredible story to share with us today. Welcome to the program, David. How are you? Thanks, Matt. I'm doing really well today. I really appreciate you having me on the program today. No worries, mate. Now, uh, we just had a brief chat on the phone the other day, and I was just excited to hear your zeal and your passion to, uh, to win the lost and to get the, the good news out there. Uh, for those who don't know much of your story, tell us a bit about your background. Where were you raised, and how did you come to know the Lord? Yeah, sure, Matt. Look, I, I, was, I was raised in a Christian family. I, I grew up in the Blue Mountains in Sydney. And, uh, yeah, look, I had a really good upbringing. And I suppose uh, in my teenage years, I, I walked away from the Lord. I, I really didn't know him, to be honest, and, uh, and ended up being the prodigal son. So I went out there, did my own thing. And, and probably around the age of 27, um, I had an experience where literally, you know, there was a preacher there and gave my life to the Lord, and, and it changed from that point onwards. My, my life literally changed. So, you know, some of the things that were holding me back and the, the bad habits that I had and the, the things that really came into my life basically disappeared overnight. And, uh, yeah, I started the journey as a, as a true believer in Christ, and uh, I've never looked back. It's been unbelievable. And tell us about um, your working life. What, what did you do after you finished school? What was your career before you became an evangelist? Yeah, look, my, my career there, I, I started in the uh, corporate world. I worked uh, worked in the CBD in uh, Sydney, and uh, look, I enjoyed that. It was great whilst it lasted. But when I gave my life to the Lord, I remember going to work one day, and I'm thinking, you know, I've been doing this thing day in and day out, and uh, it was like Groundhog Day, and I just felt the Lord say, resign from what you're doing. And at that point, I was I was managing about 80 people in a, a big corporation, and uh you know, it was good whilst it lasted, but it wasn't my calling. I felt God was calling me to something bigger. And, uh, yeah, look, I resigned from that. And from that point forward, um, I started to engage more in what God had for my life. In your working career, you worked alongside sporting stars and politicians. Uh, anyone that we would have heard of? <laughs> there probably is a few guys there that you, you may have heard of. But, uh, you know, part, part of my agreement with these guys is, is uh, I didn't make that public. But, look, yeah, there was some... Uh, there's an Australian rugby league player. There's uh, some uh, politicians as well. But, you know, it was a privilege working alongside them. But what what was better than that is uh, quite often in a lot of those coaching sessions or those times I had with them, they, they would start to ask the deeper questions of life. And uh, it gave me an opportunity to share the gospel. And, and, and that was a thing that was real for me. I think that started me on the journey to evangelism from that point forward. Now, mate, you also uh, set up a childcare business, and you've since used the income from this to fund a not-for-profit childcare in Zambia. Uh, tell us how yeah. that all came about. Yeah, look, we set up a uh, childcare here on the Sunshine Coast. We ha- had a few of them, and uh, I just have a, have a real heart for children, and uh, part of that we decided to uh, use the childcares here to set, set up uh, sister centres overseas. We set one up in Cambodia, then one up in uh, Zambia, and it was great because it gave, um, especially our children here and the children at the childcare centre, the ability to look at other cultures and, and why other people were b- being brought up. And uh, it's had, uh, you know, it's been a great tool for us because it's actually allowed us to spread the gospel that way as well. So both of those uh, childcares were passed on now. 
uh, to other people, but they're still operating and they're going well. And then in 2008, you were selected by Reinhard Bonnke along with 39 other evangelists from around the world to attend a two-day intensive evangelistic training program in the USA. Uh, what was that like? Oh, that was incredible, mate. Uh, that, that, that was one of the uh, highlights probably of my journey so far. Look, it was, um, I was praying, I felt to apply for this thing. Apparently there was around uh, 18,000 applications for it and uh, I just felt in the spirit that God had something for me. Uh, I got accepted, went over there, spent two days with him in Orlando. Uh, he got to, uh, well, he imparted to us everything he does in training people for, you know, for evangelism, for crusades. And mate, that probably boosted my uh, confidence in who, where I was called and what I was meant to do. And from that point onwards, um, yeah, I launched uh, my ministry into Africa and I haven't looked back. Well, I actually had the privilege of uh, interviewing Reinhard Bonnke when he was out speaking at Planet Shakers. And uh, uh, yes. you can actually see that on YouTube and on the History Makers website. It's, it's actually been one of the most popular interviews we've ever done. Uh, since then, I've had a whole bunch of um, Bonkeyisms, a lot of Reinhard Bonnke <laughs> sayings that I like to use. And one of them is, um, when you preach the gospel, the gospel happens. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got any other favourite Reinhard Bonnke lines that you want to spin for us today? Oh, well, God, I... <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, and you say that well, Matt. You say <laughs> thank that you. Very well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, that that one you've just said, it, there's actually truth in that. When the gospel is preached, the gospel happens, and uh, that is probably one of my favourite ones. Not because it's actually a good saying, but because it actually happens. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, ha- I have this example. You know, if you have two people holding a shotgun, a, a soldier and an elderly lady, I ask the question, "Who has?" the most power and the answer to that question is they have access to exactly the same power and that's the same when we preach the gospel it doesn't matter who you are the power is in the gospel not in the person and i've seen that saying come to life in africa when when the gospel is preached the gospel happens and uh i mean just recently on one of the trips uh literally the gospel is preached and god takes over i mean people are healed you know we've had lame people walk blind people see uh the deaf here and that statement, there is so much truth in that. Now, a young bloke like you uh, from, you know, Australia who's in Africa, you know, apparently there's been over 100 million people come to Christ in Africa. It's the world's biggest revival, you know, in history. Yeah. Uh, and a young bloke like you going over there, uh, how do you how did you start? Like, it must have been miracle after miracle to, to set you up over there. But tell, tell us practically, what happened uh, for you to start running these crusades in, in uh, Africa? Yeah, look, Matt, that's a good question. Uh, people have asked me that and I've asked myself how did it happen as well and look it got down to the fact that I was willing to do something I remember sitting down with a friend and uh, they were sharing me uh, sharing with me about the the uh, genocide in Sudan where 400,000 people were killed back in 2004 and where the own government was killing you know, literally thousands of people and you know I was sitting listening to this conversation I thought to myself you know I'm sick of hearing about this stuff and not doing you know anything about it and after hearing that, um, I made a decision at that time that uh, I was going to go over and preach the gospel to the poor. And from that point, it was at that time I'd spent some time with Reinhard. I booked a trip. I got referred to Reinhard to one of the, the guys in Africa that did crusades. And I went over there and just watched what he did and spent a week with him and got the opportunity to preach over there. And after that, basically the doors opened. And from that point... Uh, I met a pastor over there that said, look, I want to be your crusade director. And from that from that point, which was back in 2009, um, yeah, I've just been conducting crusades every year. And what kind of crowds do you get along? 
Oh, look, it varies um, depending on the towns you go to. I, I, I've tended to focus on towns that haven't heard the gospel before, so I'll go to smaller places uh, as opposed to the larger towns. But look, um, anything from a few thousand up to 10,000 people, um, ones I'm planning for now this April, we're, we're expecting maybe twenty to 30,000 at them. So, you know, it's it depends where you go, but, you know, my, my whole premise is to preach the gospel where the gospel really hasn't, hasn't been heard. And so when people come along to these crusades, uh, is it like the similar format to what Reinhard Bonnke has? You know, you have some worship and then he prays for people or preaches the gospel and then prays for people. What, is that the similar format? Yeah, yeah, it's exactly like that. We, uh, we set up a, it's an open-air crusade, basically set up a platform, uh, have a large uh, sound system there. We have uh, all the churches joined together, form a worship team. You know, we have worship. And, and basically straight after worship, uh, we get up, or I get up, and, and I preach the gospel. And it's, it's really a, a simple gospel message, but, the, you know, the whole gospel message. And after I preach the gospel, uh, we lay hands on the sick. And sometimes when I take teams here from Australia, you know, I give them the opportunity to pray for the sick. And, and that's when... Basically, God breaks loose, and that's when the gospel happens. Now, when you get up to speak, do you always have a message prepared, or does sometimes God give you something completely new to share? <laughs> well, that, that, that is a good question. Look, um, look, my, most of the messages I've prepared, and I, I kind of know off the, you know, off the top of my head, but I remember uh, last year in Uganda, I, I, I was quite, quite crook over there, and I was actually feeling very dizzy and. And like I was about to pass out before I went up to preach, and I had a I had a message prepared. But as soon as I got up on the platform, uh, God gave me a completely different message, and it was His message because I just preached this message, and basically again the gospel did the work. You know, people came forward, people were healed and set free. So, you know, I always let the Holy Spirit guide me, and when when I do that, that's when the miracles occur. That's when the signs and wonders happen. Now, I've just had a look through your website too, and uh, you've got a great bunch of information on there. It's soulfocusministries.com for those who want to have a look. And you've got some uh, in- encouraging words there from Pastor Benny Tan from History Maker Church. Uh, we've featured him on the program before. Uh, also, uh, Dr. Robbie Sonderegger, clinical psychologist. So you're knocking around with some great, uh, great men of God uh, in, in your part of Australia. Um, tell us, is there some people that have really inspired you and, and mentored you uh, in your journey recently? Oh, look, recently, look, yeah, I have the privilege of being around some great guys. Look, ben, Benny, my pastor Benny and Sean Tan, they, they've been terrific. They, they've basically uh, encouraged me to go into Africa and preach the gospel. They, they've been a great source of um, encouragement for me. Uh, as far as mentoring is concerned, I mean, obviously, the, the, the guy that I got most from, from an evangelistic point of view, has been Reinhard. He certainly uh, impacted me in a great way. And and look, apart from that, I basically just follow Christ and, and spend time with Him. I know that sounds a bit corny and a bit cliche, but uh, you know, when you're in the middle of Africa, and you know, for example, on our last trip, and you got guys standing around guarding you with machine guns, and, and you're standing there going, "Well, who do I rely on now?" You you basically have to, you know, turn to Christ. So He's basically my mentor. Now there aren't that many itinerant evangelists based in Australia. Um, you know, I've talked to John Mellor, uh, I, you know, who does a lot of healing evangelist stuff. Um, there's Steve Grace, who's a, a singer and evangelist as well. Uh, Tim Hall, you know, you come across some of these yeah. guys, but um, it, it appears to be, it's very difficult uh, to get out there and to, you know, survive financially, uh, let's face it. Yeah. A lot of people actually become pastors and then go and do evangelistic work as well. But how, how, how do you survive as an evangelist? Uh, obviously, you go to Africa a lot. Do you do a lot of evangelistic work in Australia too? 
Look, I, I mean, I share, I share the gospel here, you know, with uh, people I know, friends, and, and people that come across my path. The type of model that we do in Africa, uh, we haven't seen much of in Australia, but I mean, as far as surviving financially, look, we, we you know, I, I take donations from business guys, our, our church supports me, um, my business supports me, so, you know, anyone that comes on board that has a heart for souls is how we raise funds, but... Um, uh, I mean, I found that that's pretty much the best model, and uh, yeah, we get the gospel out there, and the gospel the gospel essentially happens. Well, mate, before we wrap it up, you know, there might be people listening that have never heard the gospel. They might think, "Wow, this bloke's out there doing some amazing stuff," but I've never really connected with God. You know, would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Yeah, sure. Look, in, in a simplistic format, uh, I mean, I, I'd use this uh, analogy. I suppose if you're standing in court. And let, let's say the judge, you know, read out all your crimes, all your sins, all that type of thing, and said you've basically got a death, uh, death sentence over you. Uh, if you're standing there and you're about to be led to death, I mean, there's not much you could do. And you're standing there, a man comes over, taps you on the shoulder and says, look, I'm going to take that death sentence that was destined for you. I'm going to take the punishment that was meant for you. I'm going to take on the... the everything that was meant for you, I'm going to take it on. I'm going to put it on me. And essentially... You would stand there and you'd be in shock. I can't believe this guy's doing that. And this is what Christ has done for us. I mean, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, which obviously means that it's not just death of the physical body, but death of our body into hell. And basically, Jesus comes along and says, I don't want that. And I will take on your death sentence. I'll die for your sins. I'll die for the punishment that was meant for you. And by doing that, I will grant you eternal life. And if we repent, turn to him and have faith in him, we're granted eternal life. And, 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 and that is the gospel, uh, probably in a nutshell. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today. We've been speaking with David Leslie from soulfocusministries.com. You can go there and check out the website and maybe you want to support them and partner with them about uh, their crusades in Africa. And uh, maybe you've been impacted by the message that David's brought today. Just go to the website, soulfocusministries.com. There you'll also find links to uh, Facebook and uh, different uh, clips they have available, Twitter and all sorts of goodies are there with YouTube as well. Uh, David, mate, thank you so much for joining us. I reckon you're History Maker. Thank you, Matt. Thank you very much for your time today. It's been an honour to be a part of your program. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just go to historymakersradio.com. There you can download interviews, subscribe to the podcast, make a donation, find out about our YouTube channel, and maybe connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Just go to historymakersradio.com for more. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ through conversation to the nations of the world. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Matt Prater. Why don't you go and make history? History Makers.